Welcome, everybody, to Bliss Fully Aware, the show in which three opinionated people discuss what's going on in fandom and nerd news in general. I am Bliss, and this week we're doing something a little different. So, when I edit this podcast, unfortunately, a lot of bits end up on the cutting room floor, let's say. And while I would love to include everything we discuss, I am no bread tuber, and I'm not putting out an episode that's nearly two hours long. <laughs> but there are certain things we discuss that I do wish I could include. So moving forward, I'm going to save these bits, and occasionally we will be putting out episodes like this, which are just cutting room floor segments. Things I think were worth discussing, but just couldn't be included in the episode. This week, we're moseying on back to last week's episode about the Supernatural Convention and Jared Pedalecki, of all things. Yay. <laughs> so without further ado, let's get into it. So the amount of, like, intellectual property that can, like, reliably, regularly sustain their own convention is minimal. It used to be, like, just Star Trek yeah. could do that. Well, Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, Doctor Who, but, uh, but like, historically Star Trek. Star Trek. And then, yeah, Doctor Who, which is British Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> that's gonna, that might be the spiciest take we've ever given on this show. <laughs> Uh, that'll get us some haters in the I comments. I love them both! Uh, yeah, like, Doctor Who, and then, like, later on, Star Wars, and, you know, later on... My Little Pony. My Little Pony, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck? But that's, like, equally as weird. So anyway, <laughs> the fact equally that's a whole other fandom historical anthropological dig, the fact that Supernatural... Uh, can sustain its own conventions and, like, run profitably, it has that much appeal, is something. It, like, speaks to the size and scope of its fan base. The fact that it can do that a year after ending is quite something. Yeah, because, like, at least with Doctor Who and Star Wars... There's Every always, year there's a Star Wars. There's just always a new thing, yeah. <laughs> it's... it's just keeps going. What's happening in Austin, yeah, Texas? Major. I love you guys. <laughs> it's great. No, this is the home of bad transitions. <laughs> oh, I are lame transitions. <laughs> major. Tell me what my beautiful state is doing. Tell me what my beautiful state is doing. Okay. So on the subject of Oh, CW oh, supernatural no. actor Jared Padalecki. He is, um, uh -oh. as I said oh, before, God. still starring in the program Walker. And um, Walker was just granted about um, $214,000 in new incentives to film in Austin. This is on top of the initial $141,000 the show was previously granted. Um, for the record, another propaganda show that has, uh, that's about Austin, um, 911 Lone Star, 
is filmed mostly in California with some filming taking place in Austin. Oh my God. Yeah. How dare you call it 911 Lone Star film in California? Yeah, that is actually <laughs> offensive. Yeah. I haven't lived in Texas in all these years and I I Oh, well fit. then you can just imagine how I feel. <laughs> HBO is also filming a true crime series there. Basically, if a film or television production um, does some filming in Austin, they're eligible for the Creative Content Incentive Program. AustinTexas.gov says, um, offers incentives to qualifying film, television, video game, and visual effects projects equal to 0.5% of wages paid to local workers, um, Projects produced by an Austin-based company or which significantly promote Austin may be eligible for an additional 0.25 incentive uh, for a total incentive of 0.75%. Now, 0.5% of wages paid to local workers is at least $0.07 per working hour because the production has to stick to the $15 minimum wage or applicable union wages. The lowest wage of a City of Austin police officer, just for the record, uh, the training academy and cadet starting salary is $50,000 annually, or a little over $24 per hour, not including incentives. Um, while the City of Austin is willing to glorify its cops, it's not willing to make its minimum wage a livable one or even afford citizens. The starting wages of police, who are not required, um, to have more than a high school diploma. They're incentivized for it, but they're not required to. Just want to throw that oh, out yeah, there. I know. Austin's Office of Police Oversight said that, um, said in their 2019-2020 reporting year, Oversight received over 4,000 complaints, not including complaints stemming from the 2020 police violence protests, because those were omitted. Just, you know, <gasps> probably superfluous. Fuck you, they, they, don't, they don't count for some Weird reason. Weird that. <laughs> A combined 80 complaints resulted in sustained policy violation, quote, sustained policy violation, meaning ultimately one demotion and four indefinite suspensions. I couldn't find out if that was paid or unpaid. Um, but that's all that resulted out Jesus. of 4,000 complaints. The state of Texas has a separate media funding grant program, the Texas Moving Image Industry Incentive Program. Walker was greenlit for $9.3 million in the state incentives. Wow. Um, this is the biggest grant that's been given to a television show since Fear the Walking Dead. Fear the Walking Dead season four got $8.9 million previously. I was going to say, that's, that's a huge amount for a TV show. Yes. So that's a state incentive. They've got the city of Austin money as well. It seems like the grant uh, has a lot of stipulations, like it might be a cost mm -hmm. reimbursement contract. But in my own experience in the public sector, I've seen those get massaged, and it I, I, I like wouldn't be surprised if they got all they were offered. Oh, that's reassuring. Yeah. So there's a public records request with a PDF that shows all such grants provided since 2008. Cop-centric shows including... Lone Star Law, Martial Law Texas, Killer Women, and Chase were funded, as was the movie Amerigeddon, which was directed by Chuck Norris's son and co-stars none other than Alex fucking Jones. Yeah, Alex Jones. Local <laughs> fucking celebrity movie. Alex goddamn Jones. No. Yeah. Who said that mm -hmm. Sandy Hook 
uh, shooting was staged. Yep. Yeah. Wow. They also, through the same Texas program, they got grant funding. So this is the kind of thing that the state of Texas and the city of Austin are promoting with, you know, tax dollars who, who that, that, that may have been paid by you or people <laughs> you know. That's definitely uh, by me because I'm an adult that pays taxes in the state of Texas. You're welcome, Walker. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Next time an auntie complains, you can say. Life. And those taxes, those those taxes, amazingly enough, go right back into <laughs> fandom. Who fucking knew? Oh, full circle. <laughs> For the record, according to MappingPoliceViolence.org, police in Texas have killed 885 people since 2013. That sounds yep. low. That is what's yeah. being glorified here. Yeah. That is what Texas's state money is going towards. These propaganda TV shows and movies and this kind yeah. of shit. Bless. So that, that was the final note mm-hmm. that I really wanted to throw out there. Is, is mm-hmm. beyond the cons and everything, there are these businesses. Yeah, the, these businesses, these, these people making money off of these productions and and it it's not so much about fandom feelings getting hurt or or actually the very real damage that is done mm-hmm. to people emotionally by being told that their feelings on gender are fucked up you know or or, or there are, there are very real aspects to this and very real consequences to these things and and to the political and social leanings of these production companies and yes even the people who star in these things Mm -hmm. and yeah what gets made and greenlit and what doesn't and like i as i've mentioned i i live in vancouver canada which is famously a huge site of film production because we had well Number one, because we're Canada and our dollar always sucks a little bit more than the American dollar, so it's cheaper always for American productions to work here. And secondly, because we also have grant programs like this, because we, like, historically have made concerted efforts to propagate that industry. Like, in and around Vancouver, we have, like, several studios have North American branches here. We have a lot of local um, production companies and, you know, like prop departments and costume departments and effects studios and things like that. So, like, I too have run in, like, I know a lot of people just casually who are who are in this industry and have noticed recently, like, just being in the city and knowing how many productions are happening and then also talking with people that the states, specifically Georgia, in like the last five to seven years have made a concerted effort to attract some of that business back into America by offering similar incentives to like move your production to Georgia. That's why like at the end of all of these shows now there's that made in Georgia Georgia. (laughs) title card at the end. And so like, the original Walking Dead was filmed there for a long, long time. Um, don't know if it still is. Don't know anything about what's going on in that show now. Uh, but that's why... So, like, a lot of shows recently have now shifted to Atlanta. And, like, CW shows in 
in particular, where they used to all be filmed in Vancouver. Supernatural being one of them. And, mm-hmm. like, we still have Supergirl, I think. I don't know. We have oh. Riverdale. Riverdale's, like, our new golden child. <laughs> and, yeah, the amount of funding, municipal funding, I guess, provincial funding, or state funding in America, that that goes towards crafting these industries, which are huge sectors of the economy. I don't think is something most people appreciate if they aren't, like, at least aware of the industry or, like, tangentially aware of the industry. Because, like, I've had stuff filmed on my block before. Mm -hmm. Um, Supernatural. (laughs) And it, I don't, I guess people don't appreciate how much goes into filming, like, a two-minute scene. Like, it is a, it is a three-day process for 200 people at minimum like if it's a non-complicated scene and yeah those people all have unions and those people um all have you know drivers and catering and craft services and all all that stuff and it's i guess frustrating or i don't even guess it's frustrating it's just it's interesting to notice how people i guess just sort of assume that the making of a movie or a TV show is like 10 people in a writer's room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When there is, there is, it's a sector of the economy. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and part of my point in this is that we're aware of the things that we do and, and do not like to see in media. And I, I don't know if we're aware of how much control we actually do have over that. You know, you, you see a show like Supernatural and and you say, well, I don't like the gun violence in that and I do like the queer representation. And you see a show like Walker and you say, I don't like copaganda. There are, at least in America and what I know of local government, there's a process, a review process, and normally a sunshine law process where open public meetings are held with representatives and board members to decide how this money is distributed. And we, as fandom people and grown people who pay taxes, (laughs) we are allowed to go to those meetings. We can attend those meetings and watch those meetings and we can voice our concern and say, hey, I'm not crazy about a show that glorifies gun violence being filmed in my neighborhood. Or, hey, I'm not crazy about a show that promotes cops so much being given the tax dollars that I worked and gave to you. We have the right to step up and say something about these things. So just for the record... If there are things that you don't like about media like this, then look up these kind of things. Look, I did my notes on this portion last night or the night before. It only took me like an hour. And I found all these stats. They're public stats. You can find this information. And if the leanings of a TV show or the ideology of it even, or the representation in it, doesn't make you happy you can of course write to the cw Mm -hmm. you can express your concern in cons you also have probably a little more power to do something about this on the local level and i personally i probably advocate for this ad nauseum but county meetings city meetings they are public 
lot of state meetings are public. You can get in on this and you can see that a production is going to be given $9.8 million to a cast of millionaires. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of the point that I wanted to make here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There is more you can do than like the old vote with your dollar, vote with your views, vote with your clicks sort of idea because capitalism inherently makes people feel powerless uh, by design. It's a feature, not a bug. And it feels that there are times where you just don't have a say over what sort of stories get, you know, made, what sort of mass appeal or mass marketing. Like, I love my indie writers, my indie artists, my my indie musicians love with all my heart because there is no board of directors telling them what they can and can't write or produce and they can be as weird and niche and absolutely fucking bonkers as they want, which is exactly yeah. what I want. I want yes. more crazy, weird, uncomfortable art, please. But even though social media and the internet have granted them greater exposure in the last two decades, I'll say, um, the, the reach of the weird and the uncomfortable and, you know, telling the emperor he has no clothes type media uh, is never going... Or not never, I shouldn't say that. Thus far does not have the same sort of reach that something that, you know, airs commercials during the Super Bowl does. Mm. Like, traditional media broadcasting still compels a significant amount of audience attention. And every once in a while you have, like, a parasite, like, a foreign film that just travels by word of mouth and then ends up winning an Oscar because it's just genuinely so good and it connects with so many people. But, like, that's not feasible for every good title or text to to gain exposure that way. Mm-hmm. And so, like, just getting a certain... Like, just getting a thousand people to know about your project can be the difference sometimes between a project that's successful and a project that isn't. And... Old broadcast TV, like, the fucking radio, like, they are still formats that command a lot of market attention, I guess. And everyone is like, oh, you know, the future is now, everything is NTFs or NFTs. Mm. (laughs) Whichever. Sounding like a fucking grandpa. (laughs) The NTFs and the fucking... Everything is NFTs and, you know, bitcoins and blockchains and all that. But... That is not where the the average consumer gets their media, I suppose. And it's no, it's worth noting how much power they still wield over what you even hear about. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. what you even hear about to then be like, eh, it doesn't sound like something I'm interested in. <laughs> yeah. Like, how many things have you not heard about? Someone decides that in an office somewhere. While counting all yeah. of their money. <laughs> How how many fans of Supernatural who are like mainstream fans not on Twitter or Tumblr or AO3 have never heard of non-binary before? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. what would they have even known to ask the question about Jack? There, there's... Their minds would have been ripped open. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. It, yeah. 
because of a weird, clunky expository scene in a CW yeah. show. And yeah, and and we really don't like you said. There, there's whole swaths of audience that that we we are ultra connected. We are talking on a podcast about a television show. There are people who wouldn't dare do that in their fucking <gasps> lives. That is they what watch. I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they oh, they no. watched Supernatural through once and they were like, "All right, that was fun." That was and, fine. Yeah. Yeah. That was something to do for an hour every Thursday or whatever whatever the fucking so, show was. Yeah. Like but we can advocate. We are, in fact, connected enough to advocate. We're in a position to say that, you know, more people should have access to television shows where there are queer characters and um, maybe there shouldn't be so many Walking Deads with all the <laughs> gunplay and what have you. So And all the hero cops. Uh, the... Yeah. I mean, um, please stop yeah. with the fucking anti- abortion bullshit of like having a son murder his fucking mother point blank that actually only happened in one show and it was the walking dead that's I know. not necessarily a widespread phenomenon I know, like what but Kelsey it traumatized me it did it was a poor writing choice it was really bad um like god i wanted to want i wanted to like the walking dead i think i the did first season the first season of the walking dead is great and what AMC did to that show is rough. It's yeah. hard to stomach. Unfortunate. Well, anyway, not to get tangentially off onto a like fourth or fifth topic that we're not supposed <laughs> to be talking about. So there you have it. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I am always open to feedback. My goal for this show moving forward is to bring y'all more and better content and i have been overwhelmed by the feedback and support y'all have shown we have received some excellent suggestions for episodes and some good tips for things y'all would like to see changed as well as a lot of great commentary on your opinions on what we're talking about i love hearing that i'd even say that my happy this week is Seeing y'all starting to include letting me know what your happies are. That just, <laughs> it's cheesy, but that just makes me smile so much. Like, this was supposed to be a silly podcast wherein my friends and I just talked about fandom drama. And y'all have shown such overwhelming support. At it, <laughs> Thank you, really, from the bottom of my heart. Thank y'all. So, moving forward, we will be putting out some episodes like this. I am also going to start putting out some TikToks for the show. Yeah, little goofs, little gaffes, just little extra. So, today is the first day you guys are going to get a TikTok from the Blissfully Aware show as well. You can find it on TikTok at Blissfully Show. And you can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at Blissfully Show. If you're watching us on YouTube, hi, hello, thank y'all so much. Please like, comment, subscribe. Keep letting me know what you guys think. Keep letting me know your happies. I love hearing them. Uh, even if it's just letting me know that your birthday's coming up, <laughs> that's so much fun for me. And... 
Yeah. Until next week, which, oh my god, is gonna be a banger. <laughs> Bye! Jesus, I did not think I would have to be looking up terrorism laws for this fandom podcast. Oh my god.